Welcome to the Side Hustles and Stuff Podcast, episode 29. My name is Yuri, and I'm joined by Keishi. Hey, Yuri. How are you today? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, what, what are we talking about today? I guess drinks first. Well, given that it's the 29th episode, you know, first, what does 29 mean? According to USA Today, Keishi, 29% of married couples share the same toothbrush. It also takes Saturn 29 years to orbit the sun. Any other thoughts? And I'm 29 years old. I guess oh. a little fun fact. But what, what was the first one that you said? 29% of couples, married couples, share the same toothbrush. But that may be an American statistic because it's a USA Today source. Is that normal in the United States? I don't know. Well, I, I guess it's not normal if it's one third. Yeah. I don't think it's normal because if it pertains to your personal hygiene, then you probably should not be sharing stuff. It's like sharing um, a used Q-tip. Yeah, that sounds like a... Not not so good idea to me. But. Yeah. But hey, I'm just delivering the stats. Yeah. And today, what are we drinking? What do you have on your desk right now? I have something that says green shower sparkling on the cover. And um, yeah, it, it's sparkling water with, um, with with some flavor. And it says here, refreshing green hop flavored sparkling water. Mm. But, I, but I tried it and it actually tastes like um, a water that's slightly infused with grape, mm. green grapes. Is it good? Not bad. It's pretty refreshing. But uh, nothing super special either. So but but, but I'm, yeah, but but I'm still fascinated by the fact that every time I go to the store, there's something I haven't seen before, mm-hmm. and that we can keep doing this forever without running out of special drinks to talk about. I'm telling you, we gotta do um, a spinoff show, the Drinks Podcast. We can read the labels in detail. Yeah, <laughs> just just so the listeners gets intimately acquainted. Ah, yes, there's 23% sodium in there. 100 calories. But anyway, I am drinking Japanese peach soda. No, pear soda. Yeah, it's quite good. Um, I'm sure there's that kanji. I'm pretty sure it's pear, but I don't, I'd have to double check. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to make Japanese mistakes right now on there. So we have to, we have to figure out the punishment for getting the the goals wrong and also for getting kanji. Oh yeah. Well, it's, um, that way way our accountability will go up. uh, Just mine. You don't have to, I don't think you have to worry about yours. Let me just check what's pear. Yeah, nashi. So yeah, that's the kanji for nashi. So it's oita no nashi soda. Wait, oita hita? Oita hita no nashi soda. Oita? That's like a placing. I think so. Yeah, so that's uh, it's pretty good. Um, it's my third drink of the day since we're recording this after another podcast. Prior to this, I had the alcohol-free beer and coffee. Yeah, a lot of different drinks every Sunday. For the sake of the show. So what are we talking about today? Oh, it's not drinks. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I think today we're just, we, we've done a, a lightning round sort of style a while back about um, about side hustling and about blogging. Mm-hmm. And I think today we'll take a couple of questions. Some we found on um, on Quora. Others we um, others we had noted down in our list of podcast topics for quite a while, but didn't think they deserved a full episode. This is kind of a, a mashup episode of answering a few different questions about side hustling, about blogging, yeah, and related topics. Yeah, and just talking about our own personal experiences in regards to these questions and topics. So you want to start with the first one? So the first question is, uh, why are millennials obsessed with side hustles? Keishi, do you think this is a thing? Are millennials obsessed with side hustles? But before we jump into it, what is a millennial? Uh, that's a good question. According to Wikipedia, it's somebody that's born between 1980 and 2000. Now, th- there were a couple of different definitions, but I think... I guess the point is that uh, everybody that essentially grew up with computers, mm. at least for the purpose of... So we're millennials. Yeah, we're millennials. Not, not millionaires yet, but... Um, the millennial millionaire is a pretty good title. 
Like if you ever come up with a book, if you ever become a millionaire, be sure to grab that title and trademark it. The Millennial Millionaire. I'm sure there's already a book like that. Is there? Millennial Millionaire. Millennial Millionaire. Optimize your financial life and get rid of Blake. Conrad and Taylor Larry. But yeah, it's definitely a good brand for, yeah. for how to make Or a guru, if you want to brand yourself as yeah, a guru. But but anyways, yeah. So let, let's say for the purpose of this, it's people that are born that have that were born between 1980 and 2000. Um, so I guess the first question is, are they really obsessed mm. with side hustles? Yeah, it's kind of a loaded question because unless we round up all the millennials, we're just kind of guessing. Yeah. So. Yeah, my my suspicion would be that it's sort of what do you call it confirmation bias or something. Mm-hmm. Like this question was probably asked by somebody already interested in side hustles, and then like if you look around for how to do side hustles and like how to side hustle and how to start a blog and all those sort of things, mm-hmm. it's usually I guess what you would call a millennial talking about these things. Yeah. Um, so that might be one reason, but th- but then again, I think um, t- to some extent it's true, and to some extent um, definitely millennials are more obsessed with um with side hustles than what's the previous generation that's a good question or generation x again yeah so i think to some extent millennials are um, more obsessed with side hustles than generation x or or whoever was born before that but why do you think that could uh i almost wonder if it's how culture was back then because you know back in the day like say in the american 1950s there was a whole um kind of be working for for a single company for for all of your life. Yeah. Whereas it's not really the case at all nowadays and people jump from job to job and nowadays people are much more interested. I I wouldn't say people are much more interested, but there is like a perceived interest of entrepreneurship and going freelance and doing side hustles, none of which existed back then. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's definitely the case. I feel like the culture is probably part of the thing and it just there's so much content talking about these things that it is more available, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then also, yeah, I think what you just said is a big thing. And I feel like that's been the case in Japan even until more recent, even though I feel like that's changing a bit too. It's the, the concept of lifetime employment. You join you join Boeing as 20-year-old, new grad, and you stay with the company until you retire as, at, at whatever position when you're like 65 or something. Mm-hmm. Whereas now there's much more lateral moves between companies. But I, I think the flip side of that is also that um, employment just doesn't seem as secure as it, as it used to before. It's like yeah. companies can fire you any day and, and then you're essentially left on your own. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure anyone, well, not anyone, but enough people, if they had a guarantee that they could stay at one place, enough people would. Probably. I, I, I guess I guess quite a few would, yeah. But um, yeah, and, and, and one more reason I think it, it just... It's much easier to start a side hustle now than it was in like 1985 yeah. or 1980. Before, when you wanted to be a businessman or, or, or if you wanted to be an entrepreneur and start some sort of your own business, essentially you had to quit your job after you saved a lot of money or yeah. take a loan and open a store or open a, I don't know, a factory or something. Like it, you needed to invest both money and time. Whereas now you can just invest time and turn that into assets. Mm-hmm. And I think that's attractive to a lot of people. And then, uh, yeah, and, and then the fact that it's more millennials than the previous generations, I think that's more of like a digital native sort of problem. Mm-hmm. I feel like um, it probably comes more natural to, to you and I than it does come naturally to my mom or to your mom, right? Yeah. Anyway, just a generational gap. You almost want to wonder about the next generations after us and how they will be raised and what their advantages will be and what they will be better at. Yeah, I think that that's actually a question that always kind of um, interested me because I feel like 
myself and people around my age, it's like we're kind of the last generation that had both the before computers became really popular and, and common in households. Mm-hmm. And after that, or maybe just in Slovakia, maybe the US was a, a few years ahead. But, but in either case, I, f- I feel like um, I, f- I feel like I'm lucky enough to have had both the best of both worlds, best of both um, worlds, both pre-internet and after internet, pre-computers, after computers. So, mm-hmm. so I'm really curious to see how like kids that are, I don't know, 10, 7, 8, 9, 10, 10 years old now, how will they grow up to be? Like, one, what sort of jobs will they do? Because, you know, th- there's a lot of these books and stuff like that that talk about the rise of the, the gig economy and, like, freelancers and things like that. Hmm. But at the same time, I don't think that can be the future for everybody because then who would build the rockets and who would build the, the airplanes and stuff like that that can and be done. Toilets, and fix the yeah. toilets and do that. Yeah, exactly. Who, who would do all the big stuff and stuff like that? So, so we can't all be content creators and we can't all be freelancers and stuff like that, obviously. That's a, that's something I think about a lot. Um, you know, I'm, I know I'm shooting ourselves in the foot and just like when I'm saying this, but the world probably needs more of uh, people doing important jobs, whether it's like building roads or fixing things or I don't know, building airplanes and rockets, like you said, and general infrastructure of modern society rather than creating content about inspiration and productivity. Yeah, yeah actually, it's, it's I think it's pretty, it, it just doesn't, like the way the world is set up right now, and, and this will sound like a rant or something, but I, I mean, we're both benefiting from the way the world is set up right now. Yeah. But, um, but that doesn't disqualify our argument. Ex- exactly. That doesn't mean that, that the way the world is set up is good or that it can be better. It's like we were talking before about the uh, about one of the productivity YouTubers who's also a doctor, right? Yeah. And like he was making, what, like three times as much or something from his YouTubing as, as he used to or as he did from his um, doctor career. Hmm. And we're talking about whether that's right or wrong. And, and again, there's a lot of different arguments, just the markets, hmm. the, the way they work. It just happens to be that celebrities, in essence, make more money than, than doctors or firefighters. Or, yeah. or anyone anyone that can tap into a large audience. Yeah, it, exactly. It's, essentially, it's, um, it's tied to the size of your audience at the end of the day in, yeah. in this day and age. And, um, and I, I, was, I think I sent you this, but he recently posted a graph of his earnings. Hmm. And like it, it started something like, $10,000 a month a few months back. Mm-hmm. And like the last month, I don't know if it was November or October 2020, he made like hundred and twenty or $30,000 in one month, mm-hmm. which, I mean, g- good for him. But at, at the same time, it just, I don't know, everything doesn't seem right to me. The mm-hmm. way it yeah, because you obviously clearly need doctors out in the world, more so than another YouTuber talking about how he uh, reads books and what's the latest software that he uses? I mean, like, yeah, it's just... Yeah, you, I mean, no, I mean, he, pro- he produces great content and, and it's it's good that he makes a lot of money. I don't think he doesn't deserve the money. But I also think, like, I, I think the flip side of this question, which says why are millennials obsessed with, with um, side hustles? is I think they're obsessed with it because it seems like an easy way to make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in many ways it, 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 it is. Like, like everybody says how hard they work and we talk how hard we work on our blogs and stuff like that. But then at the end of the day, it's not like we work harder than the firefighters or the doctors or something, right? Yeah. So, so that's, to, to an extent, that's, that's BS explanation. And, and then the flip side of that is, like, if everybody goes after the side hustles, then who, who ends up doing the important jobs at the end of the day? Exactly. So, yeah, I, I'm, on, I'm with you on that uh, discussion. As much as I do my own side hustles, I'd rather, you know, if I'm more important in another area, then I'd rather be there or at least try to be there. And yeah, that's my, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have the same thoughts on this. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I guess the, the second best thing you can do is make a lot of money with side hustles and then channel that money into some sort of quote-unquote social good stuff. But but even then, I, I, it's it just temptation, right? I guess you're a doctor. Before being a doctor used to be a really good profession. It still is a good profession. Like you're a doctor, you, you do 12-hour shifts, 14-hour shifts, and then you see some other guy making like four times, five times as much as you. Mm-hmm talking about fun stuff on YouTube and it's just tempting to try it as well, right? No matter how much you want to help other people, at the same time, you still want a good life yourself. Yeah. There's a, I'm looking at articles right now where the millennial generation is called the side hustle generation. So one one, one, um, website frames that as are millennials really generation side hustle? And let me see. This is a this is a blank this is a this is a wall of text. <laughs> it's hard to get a quick answer out of here. This is a UK article. So it's, it's here's here's one that says a 2018 bank rate survey found that nearly four in ten Americans have an extra source of income outside of a regular job. But millennials are more drawn to side hustles than other generations. Almost fifty percent of millennials rely on a side hustle to make ends meet. Yeah, that, that might be the other thing. It's just not as easy to make living with your primary job as as it used to be. Hmm. especially if you live in like a high cost of living area. Yeah. Like I, I, I watched some of these videos on YouTube about um, how much people pay for rent in New York. And it, it, it just, it's insane. Like to me, it just seems crazy that like late twenties, 30 year old people live in, sh- share their apartment essentially with other people just cause it's so difficult to pay their rent. Hmm. So it's like, out, of, out of like, re- like in necessity. Yeah, exactly. It would be like three people living in three, three room apartment in Manhattan or something. Yeah. And each paying, I don't know, thousand five hundred dollars in rent or something. Here's another one. Um, millennials have a good reason to add to their savings. They currently have a lower net worth than their parents did at, the, at their age. So the meridian net worth of millennial households is about twelve thousand five hundred dollars in 2016, while boomers had twenty thousand seven hundred at the same age in 1983, according to Pew Research Center. And Gen X is at fifteen point one k, same age in 2010. No, 2001. So I get yeah, it's a combination of like. A lot, a lot, a lot of things are much more expensive because, like you know, back then people could go to college with a part-time job that they had, whereas now college is like forty thousand dollars to sixty thousand dollars total, if not more. Yeah, that, that's, that's a good point. Do we have any stats on like what the college that used to back in whatever late nineteen? Because, because I think that's the other thing, especially in the United States, it's like the the college debt thing has gotten out of control. Yeah, essentially, like 17, 16, 17, 18 year old kids are forced to make decisions that, that that's resulting in them being like forty, fifty, sixty, hundred thousand dollars in debt by the time they graduate, right? It's, yeah, it's crazy. And plus, it's very easy to sign to sign that contract because I, you know, I was also sitting in the financial um, aid office, and there was a time I did take out a loan too. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's a it's a guaranteed loan, right? You you can default on it, I think, for yeah. for the rest of your life. I'm trying to find stats on this. How much college cost for boomers versus millennials? There we go. Cost of college, baby boomer, blah, baby boomers versus millennials. Have you ever? Okay, let me find. So median income for baby boomers is fifty point nine k, and median income for millennials is forty point five k. I'm not sure what in reference to, but college tuition, public four year, uh, for baby boomers was three point one k for Millennials is 7.2K. I'm not sure how, oh, average, average lo- again, average student loan debt, 10.4K for baby boomers, 30K, 30.1K for millennials. So I, I, don't, I don't know how reliable this show. This shows the tuition as a percentage of median household. 
Mm-hmm. I guess it's essentially an indicator of how affordable co- college is for the average fall. And it used to be like eight between eight and 10% in the 80s, 70s and 80s. And then it would slowly creep up. And the last year they mentioned here is 2012 and grew all the way to 26. Yeah. Right. So on, on a relative scale c- compared to how much people make on average or how much have college tuition from costing just 8% annual income all the way to 26 is more than three as much. And, and then you also have the raising rents and stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so I guess a lot of people are side hustling more from, from necessity, the fact that they want to. Yeah. I guess, yeah, that's a, I think that reason is good enough. I, I don't know if it's the completely reason, but like if I were to say my own reason for side hustling, I'm pretty sure, you know, it's not exactly, it's anecdotal and it wouldn't mean anything. All right. You want to jump into the next question? All right. You have next. Um, next. Okay. The, the, the one that um, yeah. I, I don't have too much to talk about probably, but um, what, what were side hustles as a kid? So, I mean, we can talk about just other general projects that we did, whether it's websites or even if it didn't make money, you know? So I think when I was in middle school, one of my friends, he had like a very unique handwriting. It was like slanted to the right. It was very neat, but it was slanted. And I realized I could copy his handwriting quite well. And yeah. so he offered me like a dollar to uh, copy my homework out in his handwriting so that he could, because he didn't do his homework. So there would be occasional days where he'd be like, you know, I'll give you a dollar if you write out my homework in my in my in my handwriting, and I would do that. So that was like my first kind of side hustle. I wasn't really intended intending on making money. I wasn't really trying to do anything. I yeah. didn't have that like make money mindset. I was just like, yeah, let's do it. And then I had a buck for which I'd probably use for Pokemon cards or something. Yeah, I was about to say that probably my one of my side hustles as a kid, kid was just trading Pokemon cards. Were you selling them or trading or just like just trading? Yeah, just trading and collecting. But but I think, yeah, I, I was just thinking, I think collecting and trading stuff as a kid, it's, it's like a really good um, experience in entrepreneurship because it just teaches you that some things are more valuable than others. And some, some people want one thing, the others want a different thing, right? Like maybe somebody prefers to collect whatever, Bulbasaur instead of um, Charmanders or something. Okay. Yeah, exactly. People have different preferences and like j- just because people value different things differently, that's essentially the only reason that we can have commerce. If we all if we all valued the same things, then then we would all just fight for the same thing. Yeah. So in your case, it was just uh, Pokemon cards. Was there anything else? Yeah, I think that is like kind of towards the end of middle school, I guess, and early high school and stuff like that. I I would do um like translations on freelancer.com. Mm-hmm. That's um, better than what I was doing. I, I was translating stuff for for a Biki online store. Nice. Um, yeah, I would do that. I think I've done some very light programming. And uh, yeah, and, and that was also, I guess, around the time that I started playing around with, with just creating sites, mostly about aircraft and, and not really meant to be um, not really meant to be monetized. Mm-hmm. But it, it gave me good basics in, in like how to build a site and stuff like that. So that definitely paid off in the long term. Nice. I also was doing websites... Um around the age of 13, 14, but not, not, I wouldn't call them websites. I was using Geocities, which I mentioned in an earlier podcast. Basically, um, early start into my high school, I got hit by a car and yeah. I had to miss the first semester, which is probably the, the worst time to miss, you know, cause that's when all friendships are formed in the very yeah. first semester. And so like, I'd spend a lot of time at home with a cast on my leg and I'd, like, you know, stay up late until night reading like ghost stories on the internet. <laughs> of course, also reading about like Bigfoot and Loch Ness. And so, yeah, I told you earlier, I started like a website on Geocity, just detailing those stories out. And I think I did until like I was like 15 or 16. And then video games took over. So, yeah, video games never were, um, again, yeah, I, I never really got into video games, but I, I was always into, yeah, building websites and stuff like that. 
And I also spent a lot of time playing around with Photoshop. And yeah, j- just didn't necessarily gain, again, didn't necessarily think of those as side hustles back then, but um, definitely learned a lot of skills that, that helped me to this day. Yeah. And that will help me for a long time. Yeah. None of us sold lemonade on the corner. No, I leave that to Gary Vee. Yeah. All right. Next question. If you only had 30 minutes to work on a side hustle or create your own business every day, what should you do? That's a good question. And I, I, before I get into the details of, of what I would do, I'm, I'm really curious to see what you would do. But um, b- before even getting into that, I think this question is really good because um, it, it gives a real constraint that I feel like a lot of people find themselves in. Mm-hmm. And it's like, um, I can understand that people that do an actual full-time job, it's really hard to find a lot of time, right? Because especially if you have family or if you have some other hobbies and stuff like that, it's really hard to carve out big amounts of time multiple days per week, right? But at the same time, if somebody tells me that they can't find even 30 minutes to work on their side hustle per day, then I think they're just not being serious enough. Like Gary says this a lot since we mentioned him, but like, it's like instead of taking one hour lunch break, take a 30 minute lunch and then work for 30 minutes on a side hustle or -hmm. wake up 30 minutes earlier or go to bed 30 minutes later. Like I I think everybody can afford to do this unless they're working like multiple jobs and have like four kids and, and other things that, take up a lot of time but but for i'd say the vast majority of people can somehow try to find 30 minutes in a day and if not then every other day let's say and yeah so, so that's why i love this question because i think whatever we answer pretty much anybody can afford to do this um now here's my answer to the question which is um i, I try to build a block just because um i think unlike youtube or podcasts or some of the other things out there blogs are relatively passive and they're kind of asynchronous so um you can you can work on them kind of step by step without losing momentum and instead gaining some momentum as you go. Um, so yeah, if you only had 30 minutes to work on a side hustle per week, I'd say spend spend every Monday looking up one uh, two or three topics to write about and spend the rest of the time each week to to write those articles. How hmm. about you? Uh, if I wanted money fast, I guess 30 minutes a day to work on a side hustle upwork would make sense. Pretty sure you can find something that you can only allot 30 minutes a day to. But on the other side, I would agree with you on a, a blog because, like, you know, it's much more lasting. It's much more enduring than coming up with a social media channel. But it's a actually, it's quite also, before, actually, I'm going to step back now. I think it's very easy to grow a social media channel if you only have 30 minutes a day. Here's what you can do. Come, come up with a Facebook page or an Instagram page, give it a certain title around a certain theme and grab some pictures and, or memes and post on that. I, I mean, at the end of the day, what you end up with is you end up with hopefully a big audience that you worked on for 30 minutes a day, which just means finding some good pictures and scheduling them to post them. Now, the side hustle part also means that you, know, you, you kind of have to earn money off of that. So that's pro- probably something you can think about later, but I think you can build up a social media page quite easily in just 30 minutes a day. I love that, actually. I, yeah, I, I think I definitely um, Instagram is something you can probably do in 30 minutes a day. And if you do it consistently for a year, two, three years, can be, you can build a big thing, probably. Same with Twitter. Like if you just jump into random conversations that are relevant to whatever niche you, niche you choose and just um, consistently interact with people, yeah, you can probably build a good audience there. Um, Upwork, I, I wouldn't recommend it, I think, personally, hmm. for two reasons. One, um, I think if you only have 30 minutes a day and you work on Upwork, it's, it's really hard because essentially you're working for other clients and you have to kind of manage their expectations in terms of delivery time. Hmm. 
rather than forcing your schedule upon them. So I think that can be a bit difficult. Mm-hmm. And and two, it just um, Upwork takes a lot of sales effort. So I feel like you'd be selling half the time and delivering at like 20, 30, maybe 50, 100 bucks an hour for, for the rest of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the other reason is um, I just feel like if you only have 30 minutes a day, then rather than trying to make 20 extra bucks, 100 extra bucks a week through this side hustle and 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 have that be it, which is fine if you're short on cash and you need some extra cash to pay bills or something. Mm-hmm. But I think if you have a bit more leeway, then I'd focus more on building an asset rather than on creating yourself another job. Yeah. And, and that's the reason why I think, yeah, either building some sort of audience on one of the social media platforms or building a blog. Or I guess you could, you could even do YouTube, I guess, if you have 30 minutes a day. You could yeah. record for 30 minutes one day, think of a topic another day and spend two days editing the video and one day posting or something you could you could definitely do that as well yeah. but but i'd still recommend a blog I guess. the one downside of um social media pages is that well it's very clear with facebook that your uh reach ends up getting diminished so you can have like a page of like say twenty thousand or fifty thousand likes but you're never going to be able to reach all those people yeah so yeah i think face facebook's facebook stuff especially if you don't want to pay for ads, I think if you only have 30 minutes a day, it's probably like Instagram or Twitter is probably much better because it's much more interactive and and um, I feel like it's easier to build a, a valuable audience there. Yeah. So that's how I, yeah, I would, I definitely agree on the blog part because the blog is much more lasting and your yeah. reach, I mean, it may be diminished by like, you know, Google changes their search algorithm, but it's at least you kind of can find a way to own your audience on your own blog. Yeah, and, and there's more benefits. Like, it, I think it's the easiest to sell out of the three or out of the four or five that we mentioned. Mm-hmm. You could spend like 30 minutes a day for for a year or two building a blog, and maybe it gets to $500 a month or something. And then, um, and then you can easily sell that blog for fifteen, eighteen, twenty thousand dollars with a nice one-time cash injection. Mm-hmm. Right. So I feel like it's the most most asset-like thing out of all the different assets that yeah. we're talking about. Right. I, I think I guess yeah. I don't have any more ideas. I just do a blog and or social media page. Please just don't do Uber. No. All right. You have a next question up here on productivity. Yeah. Should you obsess over productivity? And and this kind of goes back to the guy that we were talking about um, when we were talking talking about the doctors and how much they should do and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But like there's been this huge spike in quote unquote productivity bloggers mm-hmm. and, and YouTubers and podcasts and whatnot. And like I, I learned a lot from them, but at the same time, there I feel like there's just huge diminishing returns. It's like you implement a couple of things and then, then you got to get back into actually doing the work rather than keeping obsessing about what the latest tools are and what how to best um, how to best take notes, what you do use for your um, project management and stuff like that. Like I, I feel those are really important decisions, but at the same time, like if you start obsessing over them, I feel like they're actually counterproductive. Ironically, yeah. what do you think? Uh, yeah, I'm in the same boat. Like anytime you start giving something extra more thought than necessary, then it's kind of self-defeating. Like in the case of productivity, you can go hours and hours on end buying books on how to do things faster and how to um, conserve your time better. And you can go down a whole rabbit hole of like reading about this stuff. But ultimately, it's like one, how you actually put this stuff into practice. And I don't know, you know, I don't read this stuff too much. Like on occasion, it's interesting to me, but if you're not going to put it into use, then there's no point. Like, just do work how you do it and adjust later. Uh, it's like, it's that super meta stuff when you're thinking about your thinking, you know? It only kind of gets in the way of the actual work. Yeah, yeah, because I, I, I feel like I, I read a lot of stuff on this and I 
watched a lot of videos and I learned a lot and like I implemented some things. But at, at the end of the day, I feel like my productivity system can be summarized in like one article. And that just says every evening I just write four, five, six things that I have to do the next day mm-hmm. into a notepad, like like a paper notepad. And mm. um, I write down the meetings that I have that day just so that I know what the agenda is like. And um, yeah, and, and then I just sit down and get the work done. Yeah. And, and of course, I, I use Notion for like organizing blogs and, and where I work with other people. But for personal productivity, I feel like there's it, it's being turned into much more of a it, it just being hyped. There's a lot of people making money out of productivity right now. Yeah, that, that causes a lot of other people to become ironically unproductive because all they do is read about follow what the latest productivity yeah. tips are. Yeah, and read about productivity advice or actually being productive. Yeah, I think I think there was a quote in in our favorite book in the Tao of Pooh that was yeah. actually talking about. This. Oh yeah, yeah, it, it, went, it went like if time saving devices really save time, there would be more time available to us now than ever before in history. But strangely enough, we seem to have less time than ever a few years even a few years ago. It's really great fun to go somewhere where there are no time-saving devices because when you do, you find that you have lots of time. Hmm. Elsewhere, you're too busy working to pay for machines to save you time, so you won't have to work so hard. The main problem with this great obsession for saving time is very simple. You can't save time. You can only spend it, but you can spend it wisely or foolishly. I I feel like that's a really good description. At the end of the day, a lot of the times that you try to save time, you're, you're just spending time trying to save time and not save. I mean, it's a common, uh, it's a human thing to kind of want to be like, all right, how can I do this better? How can I do this faster? Is there a shortcut to doing this the smarter way? This, there probably is, but one, it requires two implementation. And two, uh, you have to be a, kind of cautious that you don't go on like a reading spree of trying to consume all the other stuff. It's like, you know, it's like people posting inspirational quotes on Facebook and Instagram. But they never act on it, but they just keep on posting them. It's like, it's like you know, this person might be a giant butt in real life, but like, or they're posting the most inspirational stuff and they don't do anything. Yeah. So it's very yeah. easy to get caught up in that. Yeah. And, and it's easy to kind of just like look at other people's productivity systems and go like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. I should implement this. I should implement that. But I feel like at the end of the day, it's just like do your stuff. And over time, all the productivity, quote unquote, hacks will kind of surface yeah. And you will learn to implement them yourself. I mean, if you think about it, like the people that we kind of look up to, it's it's doubtable that they have like a really good productivity system in motion. If anything, they probably don't get enough sleep. If anything, they're probably losing time in other parts of their lives, such as their personal life or their family life. Maybe they're not visiting the doctor enough or the gym enough. So they're always sacrificing something. Yeah. So they're not exactly saving time or trying to do anything smarter. They're just they, they just do it in any way they can. Yeah, exactly. And I think, yeah, there's definitely always ways to do whatever you're doing more efficiently. Mm -hmm. And I think over time you should aim for that. And I think it's also good to set up time every now and then just reviewing your system, reviewing how you're thinking about, just thinking about this sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. But kind of like obsessing over it on a daily basis, following what's the latest tool, always switching to the latest tool and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So that's my thoughts on that. I wouldn't spend much time there. Yeah, agreed. I think it's good to have, good to spend some time there initially, but then just stick with it and run with it, adjust on. Exactly. Last question we have here: mm. Should you talk to your friends about side hustle? What do you think about this one? Um, I think it depends. I think there's some friends that are potentially interested in it. Some some friends that are trying to do their own side hustle. So I think that that's good if you can if you're a step ahead, if you can give them advice or if you like help help them where they need. Mm-hmm. I think that's good. There's probably other people that are, and I, I think. You see, I, I think distinguishing here between friends and not friends is, is, is definitely one way, but I think it's more of a 
there's people that just don't care about side hustles or like the people that we're talking about. There's a lot of people that, that are just happy to be doing their job for for decades. And, and that's kind of, that's the way they live. And that's the way that they're happy, right? And they're probably yeah. not really interested in side hustles. Yeah. And, and I feel like it's the same with friends. There's some that don't care about it, care, want to do it, but never get around to it. Others that they want to do it, but they just keep talking about it. But yeah, I, I think I, I'm always happy to talk to my friends about side hustles, especially mm. when there's something that I can possibly help them with. If it's in a situation where I'm, I'm a step ahead, but at the same time, if there's people that don't want to talk about side hustles. Hmm. That makes sense. I guess this question uh, comes from the fact that I used to be one of those people that would recommend to everyone to start their own blog and kind of push my own thoughts on them. And, you know, I, I ended up realizing that it's not the best thing to do. And you should be quite picky um, about talking about your side hustles because for a simple fa- matter of fact is that not everyone is interested in the same stuff that you are. And not everyone kind of wants to work after they just got off of work. You know what I mean? Cause yeah, it, exactly. I, yeah, I, I think exact same thing with me. I, I used to think, and again, this is not just in the context of friends, not friends or whatever, but like just in general, I used to think that, oh, everybody should should try to build a blog or everybody should try to build this or try to do that. And um, I mean, I still I still think it, but at the same time, I understand that, that life's not as easy as, yeah, definitely everybody should have some sort of assets, but it's it's not as easy as... As it, as it might sound on the surface. Yeah. So I wouldn't talk about it unless either someone asks me about it or they actually show off their own side hustle at that point. Yeah. But for the most part, I realize this is something I need to keep like, you know, keep it to myself because, you know, it's like, again, it's pushing your own interests on someone else that might not be interested in that stuff in the first place. And that's like yeah. common courtesy, which I, I admit I did not have <laughs> when I was younger. I was like, hey, do you have a blog? You should definitely start a blog. I don't know what to write about. We should write about this. It's like, you don't want to be that guy. <laughs> I was that guy. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I, I think, again, to me, it's more like people that are interested in this, people that are not interested. And it's like, you, you, you wouldn't talk about baseball to somebody who doesn't care about baseball. Yeah. And to me, it's the same thing. Like, you wouldn't spend a lot of time talking. Again, I, I don't think it, you can talk about it at all. Like, you can mention it passing in a conversation. But like, you wouldn't spend hours talking about your side hustle to somebody that, that doesn't care about side hustle. Yeah. So I say don't do it unless they ask about it. Sounds like a good general rule. Yeah. The other point of like the other issue that could arise is that, you know, if they find out how much you're making and that might be a little weird, you know, because if you're making substantially what they make or a quarter of what they make, or I don't know, a little less than what they make a month, it might be also like, uh, they're going to see you differently. Yeah, I, I mean, personally, for, for me, the most inspiring part of like doing all this was learning how, how much other people made with this. Mm-hmm. That kind of motivated. But at the same time, I understand that that's not how everybody works. Yeah. The, the other thing, I guess, is that um, like if you presented like, oh, I just sit on the beach and see margaritas and I make more than you do in, in a month. Yeah. Doing nothing. Then, then yeah, that, then that's good, good for you. But I think there's nothing to learn from that. But um, if, if you present it as, as it being what it is, which is, is essentially another job, right? part-time job that instead of paying directly in cash, pays in, in equity and some sort of asset that you're building, mm-hmm. then I see nothing wrong with it. You just work more than somebody else, make more than somebody else. Yeah. All right. So conclusion, don't talk unless it's brought up. It's a rule of it. All right. Any final words of wisdom for today? No, I, I really enjoyed our chat about the millennials, about the friends yeah. in many directions, I, but I think they were, they, they were all relevant it, it, it's a very heavy topic yeah i think there's yeah there's a lot of different reasons sometimes it's out of necessity oftentimes i guess those people are driven to succeed because they must succeed mm-hmm. and other times it's just because you either want some extra income for 
for fun stuff or you, or you just enjoy like entrepreneurial stuff and want to build something on your own. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, whatever it is, it seems like we millennials are more obsessed with side hustles than the previous generations. Hmm. And guys, if you do want to start your own side hustle, visit the show notes at sidehustlesandstuff.com forward slash E29. Check out Bluehost, a place where you can buy your own website, put your project out into the world, whatever it is that you want to do as a side hustle. Visit the show notes at sidehustlesandstuff.com forward slash E29. This has been the Side Hustles and Stuff podcast with Keishi and Yuri. Talk to you next week. Talk to you next week. What are we drinking? What do you, what, again, that was a smooth outro. <laughs> right. So like you could spend 30 days, uh, again, you could spend like 30 minutes a day 